This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the big show. Mike Max Spools to the Max News Talk 830 WCCO 635. That is Central Standard Time here in the upper Midwest. I, I'm, I'm finally putting all of this together. I'm finally able to quantify and articulate what it is that I've talked about for so long, and I knew it to be the truth. I just sometimes it was a little bit short on my knowledge base of what it is that I was trying to say, but I knew it existed. You ever have that? You develop an hypothesis, but and, and and you know it to be true, but you can't quite explain it the way you would like to explain it, even though you know it to be true. That is your hypothesis. For a long time, I have... Um, educated many of you and uh, shed light on um, a basic premise and, and, and it is this we are not a hockey state we are not we are not a hockey state here we claim it because it's all we got to claim on the sports landscape it is where we have the most productive piece but but it's a it's a small sample size because so few states play hockey uh, we are a football state before that in terms of participation, in terms of all the things. And uh, we'd send more guys to the NFL if you didn't have football in Texas, Arkansas, California, Florida, uh, the same way that we do in hockey. Uh, but the other piece to that puzzle that is, that is now becoming clear to me is just how much bigger basketball is in the winter than hockey in general. And... I've long set out to, and I've thrown data at you. This is an era where I guess everything has to be data-driven, and I've talked about the fact that every high school in the state offers basketball, boys and girls basketball, but only about 40% of the schools, maybe 35% offer hockey. So therefore, you've got a fan base built in through participation, and there's no doubt that that's true. Now, that doesn't mean that hockey people can't be, or excuse me, basketball people can't be hockey fans, but in general, you gravitate to the sport that you know the best. And the best way to know a sport is to play it. I've long advocated that everybody that works in the sports media should have to play sports in high school. Because you will come up with an appreciation and respect that you did not know how difficult it was to play those sports. And I think, I think it should be a mandatory piece of it. Because you cannot accurately portray or even come close to understanding what these athletes and coaches go through unless you've had some level of participation. I know it's asking a lot for some, but, but if, if they can at least play through the high school level, and particularly high school football, I'm going to be real honest about this, because that's the one that teaches the most stuff, because it's physical and it's mental and it's emotional, and there's lots of different people, so you have lots of different stressful situations. But getting back to my original point, what I realize now, I was at the Timberwolves game last night. What I realize now is why basketball leads over hockey, even in the state of Minnesota. And like I said, there's a number of different reasons. Participation numbers, et cetera, et cetera, will tell the story. Uh, you can say, well, the, the Wilds draw more than the Timberwolves for now. But if the Timberwolves get good, 
the, the ratings and everything else will, will, will go by the wayside, even though the Wild are really good this year. But, but the, a big piece of the reason is that in basketball, you not only have wins, but with the wins come amazing moments. You could go to a hockey game, and there could be five goals scored, and you might not have ever seen the puck go into the net. Something happens in front of the net, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, the light's on. You accept the fact that it's a goal. You cheer, you jeer, depending on. In basketball, you can't score 110 points without having some just unbelievable magical moments. So now, when you look at the way the Timberwolves have played of late, and last night's case in point, close game, and then what happened? What happened, class, down the stretch? Anybody? What happened was... Young man by the name of Anthony Edwards took over the game for a stretch. And when he did, he did it with such grit and athleticism and glory that it created such a buzz and such conversation that today as I go out and about, as I oftentimes do, and I listen to the people, I go to the health club, I go to the coffee shop, I go to, and I listen to what they have to say because they, they want to come up and talk sports a lot. And I cannot believe how many people in the last week have wanted to talk about the Timberwolves. But here's the other piece, and this is, this is where I'm getting at. This is my conclusion, and this is where my hypothesis becomes complete. I realized it's not that people haven't come up and wanted to talk about the Wild or hockey in some capacity. It's that when they talk about the Timberwolves, they also talk about some specific moments. They talk about the dunk. They talk about the stretch. They talk about the three-point shooting. And they get very specific on how that moved them. And, you, and when you have a good basketball team and the, and the ball moves and it flows like it does right now for the Timberwolves, you have these magical moments, a plethora of them at the end of the night. But they are very specific. How they made you feel when they did whatever. The alley-oop, the this, the that. It's different than hockey. In hockey, you may see your team win, and like I said, you may not see uh, a real glorified highlight or the kind that you say, well, I can't wait to see that again, and I can't wait to see, let, get my phone here, man, that's got to be moving on social media. Let me get over to 10 o'clock news, because I want to watch that one more time. But in basketball, you see this. You see these moments. You see this where it comes together. You see Anthony Edwards come from nowhere, and the next thing you know, he's elevated, and he's doing something that in your wildest dreams... You couldn't do, and you know that. And yet you, it's somehow relatable to you because you've played basketball because everybody has gone and played basketball at some point in time. Or you've played Nerf basketball. It's something that you've done where maybe you've dunked it on the, on the eight-foot hoop, whatever it is. And so there's something relatable to it, and yet there's something because of that, because you've tried it, because you've dribbled, because you've shot a basketball, you understand how difficult, degree of difficulty, what that is, what he does. And you realize how few people can reach those heights, figuratively and literally speaking. And you're drawn to the conclusion that this is one of the most beautiful sports that you can ever watch. And when it's played right, that being the key in this market, when it's played right, it is like no other. It is basketball. It is the greatest athletes in the world playing against each other. And that's why, if this team continues to play well, and it doesn't have to it just playoff type contention this year. With the big three, with D'Angelo Russell, with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, 
by definition, they're going to have to play at a high level for this team to succeed. And by definition, if they play at a high level, that means you're going to see these um, th- these highlights that you, you're just not used to seeing. You're going to see guys make three-pointers with guys in their face from 25 feet out, and you know that that's plausible and it's possible because you've shot hoops yourself, and by golly, once in a while, you've knocked down one from that far out. And so you get it, and yet at the same time, you know, you know how hard it is to do that. And when it happens, and they make it look so easy, you simply look in awe. And you say, my God, how do they do that? What in the world? How do these players ascend to that level? And when the game is played right and it's played like a team game, the other piece to this puzzle that makes this hypothesis again complete is that you get to also share in the journey of the emotion of the moment. You get to see their facial expressions. When they high-five, when they bump chest, when they come into a timeout after a glorious run of basketball. You get to see that. You get to feel how they feel because you see their faces. You get to high-five the person next to you because by extension you feel what they feel. And it's exacerbated because these people, you, you can see the emotion on their face. You can see, like in the case of Anthony Edwards, you'll see a joy sometimes on his face. And sometimes you'll see this look of just pure confidence. And once in a while you'll see a look of frustration, but you can relate to that. Now, none of that means anything unless they're winning games because you will not emotionally invest in a team in Minnesota unless they're winning games. But when they are, you realize what a beautiful sport this can be. And you realize why it is that people gravitate to basketball more so than anything else. And you understand that you know hockey is an important piece to the state of Minnesota. No question about it. But it's more difficult to be great in basketball than it is to be great in hockey and you realize that when you watch it because you know what it takes to be able to soar like an eagle to be able to make that play that pass that something that's different than anything else you see in life and yet it's relatable because you too have been to a gymnasium and you understand when you hear the when you make a shot what that feels like but you also have an appreciation and respect because you know how difficult it is to get to that place where you get this whoosh. And when you do, it's pure magic. And right now, the Timberwolves have some magic out there. And when basketball is good in this town, it blows everything away in the winter months. Vikings will always be number one. But after that, you give me a good basketball team in the winter, put a log on the fire and enjoy because it is like nothing else. We just haven't seen it enough around here. And suddenly we were being reminded of what that looks like. And the world is a better place because of it. When we come back, <clears throat> college football, I, I was sure of this when COVID hit. I was absolutely positive of, that I understood what the net effect would be coming out of COVID on college sports. Was I wrong? When we come back, Sports to the Max at WCCO. <clears throat> so, Brian Kelly's going to get like $15 million to coach at LSU. And uh, USC is paying $110 million to the kid from Oklahoma to come turn that program into a winner again. I am. Um, had many conversations with many people last year during the COVID and, and 
one of the topics of conversation was that with COVID uh, wreaking havoc uh, on the ticket sales when you can't have people at games, uh, there was going to have to be a dramatic seismic shift in, uh, in the way they finance college athletics. Then came the NIL, and the NIL allows for athletes to make money um, by selling their likeness and their endorsement, etc. Uh, and again, conventional wisdom told us when they, when they start doing their own deals, there are going to be people that would have given that money uh, to the, uh, the universities. To, and so instead of buying, say, a billboard uh, inside the stadium that advances their company, they're now going to be able to go directly to an athlete, pay them, and, and, and the university uh, will reap none of the profits. And so, therefore, uh, another dagger, an, another uh, nail in the, in, in, in the budget for uh, big-time athletics. Between COVID and that, we didn't know how far they'd have to uh, reach down, but we knew there were going to be significant cuts. In the, so, so the University of Minnesota eliminated some sports, right? And, and, and so did other schools, institutions. And you kind of thought, well, okay, I mean, it's, it's not ideal. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't look like financially because it doesn't look like it's a big financial commitment. Uh, but it looks like everything is on the table now because of COVID. And everybody beware because you don't know, you know what price has to be paid because of COVID. And then, guess what happened? The greatest motivator there is. The greatest motivator there is. College football teams started losing games. And these were big, proud college football programs that were not used to losing games. And when that happens at places like LSU and USC, they will do anything to increase their chances of removing the pain. It's a pain and pleasure thing, folks. The pain of losing is so extreme on Saturdays that they will do anything to at least feel good for a Saturday. And so now they've reached in their pockets. Well, and Tucker at Michigan State got, I think, 10 years and $95 million guaranteed. You thought P.J. Fleck was getting an inflation. Why did he get $500,000 more? He's not already at $5 million a year not looking so good in the Big Ten. And I was convinced that COVID was going to clean all of that up and that they would have to come to terms with the fact that they were colleges first and athletics were secondary. And now you see that whatever it is, whatever it is that they use, whatever mathematical formula that they use to uh, arrive and derive at what's important to them uh, institutionally. Somewhere, somehow in their budget, they can come up with the money to pay $15 million a year for a coach or $5 million a year or $10.5 million a year. Do, do you think if you're P.J. Fleck and you see the Michigan State coach getting about $10 million a year and he's had, what, one pretty good season this year uh, with a little bit of help and luck? Uh, and he's going to make twice as much as you? <clears throat> How does that work? So when you get done and you do the math, after all this happens, after COVID ravages us and you look at big-time college sports, here's the conclusion that you will arrive at. 
I guarantee you, if you study this the way that I study it, the way that you talk to people, uh, when you have sources, etc., this, this, is, this is the conclusion you will draw. Not the hypotheses, the conclusion. There's a difference. It's this. In general, at the Power Five conferences, the football coaches are underpaid. The football coaches are underpaid because there is so much expected of them and they bring in so much revenue. The Gophers fired an offensive coordinator making $650,000 a year, coming off an 8-4 and four season. 8-4 and four is pretty good in these parts. And I understand that the offense was up and down, but you tell me a professor that would have gotten fired for an, what would be the equivalent to an 8-4 and four body of work? Come on. Come on. You will draw the same conclusion that I am. That football coaches are in fact... And it's hard to say that. But they're underpaid based on the amount of revenue that they bring in and what they bring to the institution. At Alabama, the ancillary money, in other words, the parking lots that they own and the, and the money that they make on merchandising and whatnot outside the stadium on game days, a great portion of that goes to hire the greatest professors they can bring to Alabama so it becomes a great academic institution. Good luck with that in Alabama. I don't, know, I, mean, I don't even know why you'd try down there, but that's the goal and the mission. Today, Jerry Kill takes a job at New Mexico State. Just had him on the radio a couple weeks ago, and I talked to Jerry during the fall, of course, at TCU. Um, but had him out with Pete and Jerry and I. And um, he didn't go back for the money. He went back for the competition and because he loves to lead. But when you get these these cow and and this is to me this is another defining piece of uh, who should you root for in college sports. When, when Jerry Kill was here at the University of Minnesota, one of the things that he did I'll never forget this. He had a contract on the table for two point seven million dollars a year, and I mean incredibly. So remember, he grew up on a farm in Kansas, right? Um, two point seven million a year one day you're making. Um, and he had uh, one of the people on his staff, he had promised a $20,000 raise to. Well, it turned out that in the administration, that got turned upside down because they said in that position, you're not allowed to give a $20,000 raise to that person because they are seen as an equal to other people inside the athletic department, and you cannot, uh, those people are capped, and there's only a certain percentage that you can give them a raise. He says, I have a budget. And out of that budget, I elected to give them $20,000, and you need to honor that. And they said, we can't honor that because they're on par with other people, and, and those people, it, it's driven by, we, 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 you, know, you fit into different categories. And so Jerry Kill, who had $2.7 million there waiting for him, said, I don't sign my contract until you promise me that he gets his $20,000, period. That's a real man, folks. That is a real man, and I hope he can keep his health at New Mexico State. When we come back, Leo Lewis, he played for the Vikings, then he worked behind the scenes. So the mental health issues, what does that mean when you're a professional athlete? And what can they do to help, i.e. Everson Griffin and others? Interesting conversation straight ahead. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.